This division is now under the command of General Harold G. Carleton. I don't want you to forget it. Not that he'll let you. He's tough. Just what this sloppy outfit needs. He'll have you standing inspection night and day. You may even learn how to march. And if you don't give him everything you've got, I may come back and, and fight for the enemy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! And welcome back to our special holiday episode of Type This Cast, the podcast where we take a closer look at our favorite stories through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Becky. And I'm Janelle. In this episode, we'll be going to Pine Tree, Vermont to take a close look at the essential Christmas film, Irving Berlin's White Christmas. But before we do... I just wanted to thank our lovely followers on the social meds and implore, implore you to go and leave us a rating on iTunes and let us know what stories you'd like us to cover in your review. It really helps us and others to find our podcast. Exactly. The social meds, the drink of Thor and Odin and probably Loki. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. As we mentioned last time, you can now find, follow, and or even subscribe on Spotify, as well as all of the usual podcast places. Okay, Janelle, since I know how near and dear this ahem, snowy town in Vermont is to your heart, let's have you give us a brief overview of this lovely story. All that snow. Mutual, I'm sure. And for those of you, our dear listeners, who may not be as fanatical about this film as I, that means I'd be happy to, Mm -hmm. just to translate. (laughs) Uh, Be forewarned, there will be many a one-liner quotation from this film strewn throughout this episode because we just will not be able to help ourselves with that. We really won't. This is the story of a couple of entertainer duos, Bob and Phil, the wartime army buddies turned Broadway producers, and Betty and Judy, the sister act working their way to the big time. These duos get thrown thrown across each other's paths by pushing fate a little. The group find their way to Columbia Inn in Pine Tree, Vermont, where the girls have been booked for the holidays as the floor show only to discover that Bob and Phil's army general is there, struggling against a less-than-snowy Vermont winter and a lack of vacationers. Hijinks, misunderstandings, and many, many wonderful song and dance numbers ensue, all while Betty, Bob, Phil, and Judy try to find a way to help make a Christmas miracle for General Waverly. And of course, we will be using the incomparable 1954 film starring the likes of Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen. In our journey into White Christmas, we have stuck to typing just those four central characters, Betty, Bob, Phil, and Judy. That's cozier, isn't it? Boy, girl, boy, girl. (laughs) And just a brief reminder for those of you playing along at home, here are the monikers we're working with and the short I statements for each of the Enneagram types we'll be using. Type 1, the reformer. I do everything the right way. Type 2, the befriender. I help others. Type 3, the motivator. I am seen as successful. Type 4, the romantic. I am unique. Type 5, the observer. 
I need to understand the world. Type six, the guardian. I need to be secure. Type seven, the enthusiast. I am happy and open to new things. Type eight, the challenger. I must be strong. And type nine, the peacemaker. I am agreeable. As we've said many times before, and will never, ever, 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 ever stop saying, yep. do not type people in your life. And as all the times previously, if you want to know why we think you should never do this, go listen to our first episode, um, episode 0. 0.5, for our introduction on the Enneagram and this podcast. All right, it's time for the lightning round. Let's type this cast. All right, Chanel. Bob. Two wing three. Two. Yeah. yeah. Wing three. I didn't go that far, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Phil. Seven. seven. <laughs> Betty. Uh, one. One. That's what I landed on. I'll talk later. There was another number in there, but one. Betty. Yeah. One is yes. what I say. <laughs> Same here. I wavered, but yeah. Betty. One. Not like Waverly? No. Uh. <laughs> and Judy? Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh. We agreed on all of them this time. There will be no argument. Okay. So maybe I'll switch <laughs> my Betty to what I had originally wavered to. Okay. We'll just talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. We agree. So hopefully we have different quotations. I feel we will. Yeah. I, I'm sure that we will. Okay. So uh, just a reminder, the way we do this, we will each take a character Give our quotation textual support, why we think they're that number. Mm -hmm. The other person will do the same and we'll discuss. Exactly. So do you want to take us away with Bob? All right. So for Bob, we apparently both agree that he's a two. That's because he is. Yeah, no, he's such a two. <laughs> it's <saying>. beautiful. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I uh, actually I'll just start with. It's this small line that's just after they've gotten to the inn mm. and um, they're talking at the table. Uh, Betty says she feels bad, feels like she's taking money under false pretenses. Um, and Phil and Bob are trying to come up with something. And Bob says, well, there is something we can do. We're going to New York in the morning. It's this sudden desire to help. And it's mm. that desire to help that moves forward the rest of the story of the film. Yeah. There's nothing else in the film other than some misunderstandings and some, albeit false conflict, that drives any of the story other than, well, all of there, but particularly Bob's desire to help the general. Yeah. Um, and it's just this space that... Um, it's in this brainstorming, we get to see um, him move in this, I think, th three wing space mm, from so strong from yeah. like, we're going to New York in the morning to, well, that's half a great idea, Phil, but I have something better up my sleeve. And he just keeps escalating this uh -huh. idea of what'll be the best to help the general uh -huh. um, bring in customers to his floundering in. Um. Yeah, so that's where I see a lot of that. There are a couple other things. Um, one of the things that isn't specifically about how he's a helpful human, but is something that Phil says to Bob um, that's, that's funny, Bob. I never heard you open up like that before. And that just shows me how, like so many twos I know and the two descriptions I've read, 
his own feelings and needs and desires are hidden mm-hmm. within himself. He keeps that to himself because it's not as important in his mind as the needs of those around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one other thing, but I don't – I'll share it if I feel like I need to, but I'll let you okay. take over on Bob for now. I'll actually start – I wasn't going to share this, but by piggybacking off of what you just said, because that's one of my, like, backup quotes, mm-hmm. is what Phil says. And the thing is, like, when I was watching, I wrote down that entire interaction mm-hmm. because it is so significant a two – in stress Mm -hmm. being pushed and then he finally like explodes on phil because phil is trying to set him up with all these women and he finally says like stop doing this you're throwing all these hussies at me basically (laughs) Uh these mindless brainless women um and just stop it like you don't understand and he's really harsh Mm -hmm. which is like a two going into that eight space confrontation Mm -hmm. but then there is this click where Phil's face falls mm-hmm. and you see Bob see it. And that is an immediately a two going into that empathy, caring space, helping space. Mm-hmm. And that is when he shares his deepest, darkest desires. Yeah. Because he knows that's what will help Phil to be better. It's not to share himself. It's because he has to. Yeah. To help someone else. So that's when he says, you know, I do want to get married, but all of the women in our business are focused on their careers. More on that later, that comment. Yeah. Um, and don't want to get married and have families. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to settle down, but I've just not met anyone. And that's when Phil says, that's funny, Bob. I've never heard you open up like that before. Yeah. And mind you, these two were in a war together. Yes. Phil saved, quote unquote, (laughs) Bob. More on that in a minute. Yeah. Um, And they have been like literally in the trenches together. And he's never heard Bob's like inner emotional space Mm -hmm. because it's not about him. Yeah. So tied to that, um, one of just the biggest plot points, Mm -hmm. but also quotes that I think really shows this is right at the beginning when Phil has hurt himself, hurt his arm, injured himself, saving Bob's life. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, Phil asks him for a favor. Mm-hmm. And then Bob says, I want you to know something, Davis. Anytime I can do anything for you, anytime, any place. Mm. And then he says, you just pick up the phone yeah. trying to put off the help. But he's immediately saying, like, I will give everything for you anytime, any place. Let me help you. Yeah. And as I was really thinking about that offer, it's obviously like it's kind of tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. but he means it. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about two space and like what twos are defining themselves as. Mm. And it's so much in order to deserve love earn love i have to help you first Mm -hmm. so it's this narrative of him not imagining anyone caring enough about him valuing him enough to save his life to hurt themselves to sacrifice themselves so it's like here you did this thing now like i have to earn it yeah i have to earn you having sacrificed yourself and unfortunately for the rest of their relationship phil feeds that which is awful horrible because he sees that that's what will work and i mean it's not mean spirited Mm -hmm. but it is so detrimental to bob's well-being yeah because if you had just said phil Uh like 
no, you were worth it. And he does say that first. He says it was a life worth saving. Mm -hmm. But while you're here, I do have something I'd like you to do. But we'll talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, just that he would never be worth enough. He sees the value in everyone else, but not in himself and doesn't share that internal space. So I just, Mm -hmm. and that emanates from every move, every moment uh, one of the things like that cemented it, but one of the things just shortly after that, that I love, that'll be the last quote that I'll really share, um, is as they are planning their winter break, his assistant, Albert, is talking to him and Albert says, uh, show lays off tonight. Cast and crew get 10 days off with pay. Gee, they'll go wild. Nicest Christmas present anybody ever had. And Bob says, well, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. So it's sacrificing his very finances, his very well-being. Yeah. Because that's a lot of money that he's giving them. And he's giving mm-hmm. during Christmas time yeah. a variety show 10 days off. They could make so much money. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't care because mm-hmm. it's caring for their needs, what they need to be with their families or just have time off. Exactly. And then when he calls them back in order to help General Waverly, mm-hmm. he gives them an extra week of pay and yeah. gives Albert a bonus. Yeah. Because why would anyone want to come help him without being paid, getting something out of it? Yeah. Everyone's got an angle, right? Yeah. Um. So just it's such his character is definitely that two, three space mm-hmm. because it goes back and forth, Um. you know, the way he creates these shows, does business, mm-hmm. is successful, sort of like um, maneuvers and networks his way mm-hmm. into success. But it's out of a desire to help and bring joy. Like, I think mm-hmm. even his very showmanship yeah. is to bring people joy. Like, at the beginning, he puts on a show on Christmas for the soldiers because they're mm-hmm. away from home and it he doesn't matter it doesn't matter to him that he could get in trouble for it mm-hmm. he's sacrificing himself yeah in order that they would have a little piece of joy yeah um so he's just such a beautiful caring oh definitely mostly healthy too who has a great sense of humor that can laugh at himself yes. which i think is really helpful definitely um Speaking of the way he treats uh, his staff as a producer, he's a performer and a producer mm-hmm. along with Phil for this show. But in just before and after that first interaction with Albert backstage, he greets everyone mm-hmm. by name mm-hmm. down to the costume lady, Edna, light of his life, mm-hmm. who's just standing there ironing something. And it's just beautiful. That was one of the first things that really tipped mm-hmm. me off to his two-ness mm-hmm. just because of how intentional he was with knowing everyone. Mm-hmm. It also shows some of the three-wing space because mm-hmm. a three would know how you move forward in this is by that, um, that networking. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, just that beautiful loving caring Uh, you wouldn't expect a producer or the star of the show to know everyone's name but he greets them all that way yeah that's so good that's like oh gosh there's so much there that is that line between two and three Mm -hmm. which is why it could he could be either but he's definitely a two yeah (laughs) because every motivation that i see every reason a three would know everyone's name Mm -hmm. but he knows everyone's name and is producing to care for them in a way that the business doesn't even in his misogynistic 
like talking about women and why he's not with them. Yeah. It's still seeing the business isn't what it should be. Yeah. And he wants to be a light. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in showbiz and like even when general waverly saying like well i don't know how showbiz works he always brushes it off and like there are just so many moments every moment you Mm -hmm. know general waverly wants him to read the letter because he doesn't have glasses his glasses and bob offers to and i am convinced that he could read that letter yeah but at the moment it was an emotional heightened space and general waverly needed a sec to get ready so he does like i'm playing trombone a little bit here too like making it seem like he can't read as well so it's just this empathetic Mm -hmm. caring for the other in every action because he just can't help but feel the feelings around him which is a two like they feel other people's feelings and are unaware of their own Mm -hmm. so often yeah and he just is that like soaking it up Mm -hmm. um yeah, we'll leave it there. I think yeah. I have a lot to say about his interactions with Betty, too, but yeah. that'll come later, maybe. Um, yeah, there's uh, one thing, too, that I think that tells me that he's not a three, because obviously the little larceny thing that he believes everyone has could be three space. But the fact that he tells um, Ed Harrison when he calls to set up mm. everything, um, the one thing that would have saved the whole movie and made it a lot shorter, um, for better or for worse, had the listening busybody mm-hmm. heard it was we're not commercializing on the old man's hard luck. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you'd hear from and well, an unhealthy three for sure, but something you'd definitely hear from a two. Yeah. I suppose. Well, let's not go there. Yeah. Cause I suppose it depends on how you're defining success. That's true. Or a three. That's true. Uh, Cause if success is caring for people in your life, then that would be successful. That would yeah. be successful. But generally speaking, a three in showbiz mm-hmm. is going to say, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm doing this to care for the general, but if we're going on television, if I can also get, we some. might as well advertise our next show mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, you know, come support the general. And while you're at it, come to our next five shows. Here's where we're going to be. Yeah. Whereas he is completely selfless, mm-hmm. like a two saying, this is not about me. This is about the general. We're getting nothing out of it. Yeah. And we want that to be clear mm-hmm. because motivations matter. Yep. <laughs> all right so i started on bob you go for phil okay i didn't want to start phil because oh. <laughs> no that's fine it's fine i'm just okay so i'll start with the thing that makes it the most clear it's just a less straightforward quotation okay it's more an affectation mm. that convinces me he's a seven yeah so sevens Generally speaking, all of the sevens I know have funny ways of saying people's names, of engaging people, of like being fun and engaging and ridiculous. And sevens will always nickname people. Yeah, right. And so a a la nicknames. Yeah. I just like was so struck. One of my favorite things in this movie in general anyway is Mm -hmm. Danny Kaye. Of course. But the way that he says the same things again and again, Mm -hmm. like he always does it. He takes... The thing that convinced me he was a seven so much is he takes other people's lines Uh and repeats them for comic effect and his own that he thinks are really funny that he just wants to keep saying and Mm -hmm. or get the laugh that it deserved or the laugh that he thinks it had Uh but needs again. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the 
Oh, Vermont should be beautiful this time of year. All that snow that he steals from Judy and then he uses again and again to convince Bob and just to be silly. Of course. And then, of course, when we already checked because it's just the best. There. That's cozier, isn't it? Boy, girl. Boy, girl. He says that four times. Mm -hmm. And I just love that because he's just like, it's like that click in Mm -hmm. a seven's brain about, oh, that was clever. Oh, I like that idea. Oh, that's fun. I'm just going to say it every time. Yeah. And as an influencer, Mm -hmm. too. Um, And then there's the like word play that he always does, stealing Bob's justification and throwing it back at him mm-hmm. is also very seven-ish. So when they're doing all of the hijinks. Uh-huh. Uh, Let's just say we're doing it for a pal in the army. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not good, but it's a reason. Yeah. And then he throws it back and then he throws it back and then he takes it back. So mm-hmm. just that playfulness yeah. and that repetition, mm-hmm. but it's not the boring repetition. It's the like, I'm so hilarious. That was so fun. Let's keep it fun. And, you know, every time there is a slightly awkward, slightly tense scenario, he's always cracking jokes. Yeah. Um, And I love the way you see that fail. Yes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the like, well, we laid an egg. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like no one picks it up. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Ah, ah." Um, so that element of sevens. Not wanting to sit with unhappiness, Mm -hmm. not wanting to sit with just things that are not fun, things that are not. And I don't mean fun as in frivolous. I mean, Mm -hmm. fun as in like interesting, engaging what they want to be doing, Yeah, which is what sparks this entire film Mm -hmm. hijinks of getting Bob and Betty together is that he wants 45 minutes all All to himself. himself. (laughs) Um. So that was a quote. Again, another one-liner zinger that shows his sevenness. Yeah. Um, but what I really liked is this is so reflective of his thoughtfulness, too. Like, he knows Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's talking to him about why he wants him to get married. And he says, you've gone absolutely berserk with work. And the strange thing is, you like it. You liked being Rogers and Hammerstein. Sure, it was my idea, but I didn't think I was going to create a Frankenstein. From that minute on, I haven't had one minute I could call my own. Mm-hmm. So he's calling out this like, we. I did this thing that was going to be just really fun. We were going to travel the world and you took it so seriously, so seriously that you're working so hard. You're making me work so hard uh-huh. and I can't ever have fun. And I don't like that one bit. No. So we got to fix this so that I can be free. Yeah. Um, and I love to all of the references he throws in showing. I feel like so often Seven's get misunderstood as not having depth oh yeah because they don't want to sit in pain Mm -hmm. but that does not mean they don't think deeply Mm -hmm. and don't read deeply and don't understand deeply because sevens are part of the head triad Mm -hmm. they are in their heads they are in ideas and thinking and so i just loved uh the rogers and hammerstein reference because of course of course but then frankenstein Mm -hmm. mind you he kind of gets the idea wrong but still but like these references that he's always throwing in Mm -hmm. i just think that really shows like that seven like oh i'm throwing in this idea this is a crunchy thing like let's bring that in to make his point Mm -hmm. um and i think you know even Right after that, as he's framing the like, you're a miserable, unhappy man, you know, it's that like, I don't want to be around that. Yeah. <laughs> Please 
like get married so I can be free. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can be happy. And if you're happy, I'm happy and I want to be happy. Yeah. Um. So just that play crunchy ideas and that like running from the awkward uncomfortable space and mm-hmm. also commitment yeah <laughs> which I'm yeah I definitely have the commitment line um yeah so I also had the line about being Rodgers and Hammerstein and Frankenstein yep and then uh I like how you steenensteined that I know it's because you have to I know um Frankenstein exactly Frederick mm-hmm. um so <laughs> Similarly to you, I pulled out one of the other lines, just throwaway bits that Phil says all the time, which is, oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. He's Mickey. I wrote that in my notes. (laughs) He says, oh, boy. Yep. At least five times, it feels like, throughout the film. Yep. Um, But, yeah. So, in addition to all of the fun, and actually, uh, Seven in My Life that I ran my ideas past said, it takes one to know one Uh. uh, about Phil. Uh, and he also pointed out the uh, just one more time around the barn. Yes. Uh, when Phil is faking an injury to keep the general away from watching the Ed uh-huh. Harrison show. And somehow people always fall for Seven's hijinks. Right? I know they're hijinks. <laughs> I know they're ridiculous. But I fall for it every time. because it's, it's so much fun. Right. I love it. I love Seven's. Um, but the other thing uh, that we were just talking about with the... The fear of the hard places and the fear of commitment for a seven Mm. shows up when they're trying, when uh, Phil and Judy are trying to get Betty and Bob together. And Judy decides that the best way to do this is to uh, get engaged herself. Mm -hmm. And um, Phil's answer to her suggesting they get engaged is... I'm not the engaging kind, she asked. Well, what kind are you? I'm more the, I don't mind pushing my best friend into it, but I'm scared stiff when I get anywhere close to it myself kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so good. And it's, I was actually having a conversation with someone recently about the the FOMO sevens deal with. Mm. And commitment is a part of that. Mm-hmm. There's this fear of missing out on the next fun thing because they'll be tied to someone or expectations of what's coming. And it's healthy sevens who um, can see that committing isn't going to negate their fun. Mm-hmm. But it takes it takes some convincing, especially for, for Phil to get to the place where he's um, – he even after they agree to become phony engaged, he says two to three weeks at the worst. Uh, I mean, most. <laughs> and it's just that space of awkward. You sort of f- feels like his verbal space and physical space in that scene feels like if you've ever seen a video of like a dog or cat wearing the like mittens on their paws where they're just prancing around is sort of how he feels in that scene that like get them off get this away from me space um and that just felt like yeah like that seven who wants to keep their options open wants to go have fun and not miss out because of being tied down yeah Um, uh yeah yeah. gosh there's Uh, so much with him yeah one of the things too that i uh i didn't do for bob but i have for a couple of the other characters and Phil too is the description on the Enneagram Institute's website. Just the one liner about sevens is the busy fun loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Mm. And if that's not Phil, 
I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I just, when I think of Phil, I just, I think of a puppy. Yeah. Like, just like, oh, what's over here? What's over here? Oh, this is fun. Hi, hi, you're in front of my face. Yeah. I want to be right in your face and dance and have fun. And uh-huh. like the best things happen when you're dancing. So exactly. let's dance. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I just, I love him. I love mm-hmm. the space he inhabits for yeah. all of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing you were saying about commitment just rings true for him. That whole scene. Uh, I love the line that you quoted um, because it is that physical space. He's like slinking almost horizontal, trying to get away from her in uh-huh. his face. You know, don't we think, don't you think we should kiss or something? Not until, <laughs> Not until, it's, until it's absolutely, absolutely necessary. necessary. <laughs> like, uh, this is trapped, 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 I'm trapped. Yeah. Please, where, where's the exit? Where's the emergency exit? That sounds more fun. Uh-huh. Um, but then the turnaround and I was even thinking um, as I saw the end of it last night, mm-hmm. um, a connection I hadn't really made until then and kind of now yeah. was that he is afraid of that commitment all through. What changes that is seeing um, all that they did together, he and Judy, and that yeah. it was fun and exciting and ridiculous. Ridiculous, and that she was uh-huh. just as dumb as he was. Yeah, and that's enticing, and it doesn't have to be a trap. Yeah, and then he is the one who, at the very end, says to Bob, "Welcome to the family." Yeah, because it's exciting. You could be my brother. Yeah, <laughs> now we'll have family adventures together, and it'll be a whole thing that I'm sure he scripted the whole hijinks in his of head course. already. Yeah, all of the family Christmas parties. Yes, you know. Um, <laughs> But I, uh, yeah, I just, I love that turnaround Mm -hmm. that like what you said, it's a healthy seven that can see that and through that sadder, but wiser path where he was so wrong Mm -hmm. and so much was almost broken because of his hijinks. I mean, it was kind of Judy, but, um, more on that later. Um, but I, I love that, like, that he's just like, oh, no, okay, this is good. Mm-hmm. I did this not just, I thought it was just to get rid of you. Yeah. But actually, this is better for me. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Totally. Yeah, that health path that he goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Do you want to take Betty or shall no, I? No, I, I took Phil. You could take Betty. Okay. So, um I said Betty was a one. And as I mentioned before, I did have a hard time landing on a type for Betty. I had a couple different options in my head. Um, What were your other options? I'm curious because I'm going to share mine. Yeah. Because I went between two. Yeah. Some of them. Honestly, the reason I landed on one was because I saw some of either of one's wings in her also. Mm -hmm. I saw some of the two space and some of the nine space. And I thought, well, she could be either one of those. But there's a pretty strong perfectionistic and idealistic streak in her. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I ended up sticking with one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like I just did with Phil, that Enneagram Institute one-liner is the rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic mm. is their description in one line of a one. Self-controlled. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that really sort of hammered that nail in for me on that uh-huh. one. Um, so the primary line I have for Betty for my defense is 
I think what you're doing for the general is one of the most decent, unselfish things I've ever heard of. Bob asks, no angle? She says, no angle. I want to apologize for the way I sounded in Florida. I guess I've always been kind of a silly schoolgirl. You know the bit, Lady Fair and the Night on the White Horse. Mm-hmm. And this is hearkening back to a conversation they had in Florida about how Bob sees sort of that cynical space where everyone in showbiz has some sort of angle, a little bit of larceny working in them, even even little Judy, mm-hmm. as he says, which is... Eh. Of course she does. Yeah. <laughs> um but her she's initially thrown off by him saying that because she is so principled mm-hmm. she has this right and wrong set even one of the first things you hear her say is judy next time will you talk to me first before you push us and plus us right out of show business mm-hmm. she she is so adamant about the honesty she expects from the people around her and from herself mm-hmm. and absolutely One of the things, too, is as she, as her ideals, particularly the white knight space that she, she, she's put Bob up on that bleach charger, Mm -hmm. um, when that slips, you see her go into sort of that stress space. Oh, yeah. Where uh, as going to the fore, she withdraws. She leaves in from that place of both self-control and also for withdrawing. and goes to New York where she sings a song that sounds a lot like a four. Sure does. My favorite <laughs> song in the whole thing. It's such a beautiful, it's beautiful song. Beautiful. The Love You Didn't Do Right by Me is just this lament of a love affair gone wrong. And it is full of the emotional four space that. I can see as a one in stress she would go to. But also since she saw Bob there, she feels like she can't sing it because it wouldn't be right to sing it with him there. Mm-hmm. And she tries to get out of it. She says, play blue skies, anything, mm-hmm. but gets convinced to do it anyway. Yeah. So that's that's why I landed on Betty as a one. Awesome. Well, you <laughs> took every single one of my quotes. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so for me, what's really interesting, um, is I actually went back and forth between six and one. Mm. Um, and I think the reason I landed on one is I think the thing I was sensing in six, that mm-hmm. anxiety was the inner critic Yeah, that you see one of the things that I was struck by with this film in general, and I'll talk about this later, but just, um, she does not speak much. No. She doesn't have a lot of lines. And I was trying to think about why. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the sixes I know. And mm-hmm. there's this like protection, that anxiety, that fear of people's perceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was stuck on six for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And all of these lines, like the um the you can push us and plus us out of show business. I was like, oh, there's that anxiety of like having everything taken away Mm -hmm. Um, or the one space of this is wrong. Mm -hmm. This is not moral. Yeah. (laughs) This is like using other people, Judy. Um, And let me know because I'm involved in this and people will think I am immoral because of what you have done. Mm -hmm. So as I reflected, I was like, no, I think that's just that inner critic, that voice going, no, no, people will think this of you. People will think this of you and that is not right. That is not okay. Um, And so, uh, 
the quote I'll here. I guess the quote I'll talk about is one you referred to, mm-hmm. but didn't say entirely. Uh, when she first meets Bob when they're sitting boy girl boy girl, mm-hmm. it's very cozy. Um, Phil and Judy go to dance, and Judy had previously sort of reframed and cut. Um, Betty off from giving a defense but immediately after they leave Betty says to Bob you were brought here tonight under false pretenses Mm -hmm. Benny didn't write the letter my sister did and then Bob says you don't have to apologize everybody's got an angle and then she says that's a pretty cynical point of view and then a little later she says just for the record I want you to know my sister and I don't play angles Mm -hmm. so it's just she cannot but speak truth she cannot but do right uh both to take care of judy because judy's just all over the place Mm -hmm. in her mind yeah in betty's mind yes um but even after judy had been sort of like don't do this you're gonna shoot us in the foot don't tell them what i did immediately she does because Mm -hmm. she does not want the false pretenses she does not want any sort of incorrect move to be given to her yeah um and so that just really showed me one space you know to have an angle would be immoral Mm -hmm. and so she even continues to say that later like don't think i have an angle when um they are given the train tickets Mm -hmm. by phil she says, no, we couldn't. We couldn't. And he goes, oh, no, it was Bob's idea. She's like, are you sure? Are you sure he won't think we were playing an angle? Mm-hmm. Because immediately it's tied to him having said that before. Yeah. And I could also see that as six space, the anxiety fulfilling what you thought of me, mm-hmm. your perception of me. But I see it so much more as this one. This would be wrong. We're taking something from you that we did not earn. Yeah. We um and. You know, the reason she leaves when she leaves is because of this betrayal. She thought he was this moral person Mm -hmm. and now he is playing an angle. So it all makes sense why he said that in her head. Yeah. And she's like, I've been a fool. How could I be tricked? I can tell right from wrong. I know what this is. She lives so much in the black and white thinking of a one. Yes. For a lot of the the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was really interested by is even after all of that even after bob's justification and telling her that's not what was true she doesn't believe him because Mm -hmm. you know she's been betrayed it's only when she has concrete proof by seeing the ed harrison show by seeing the tv showing her the truth yeah that she returns Mm -hmm. and it's not because she necessarily loves bob though it is she Mm -hmm. loves bob because now she is certain that he is correct he is right he is moral he is good Mm -hmm. capital g good yeah and so she can return and trust him again but it's because of that right if he betrayed her again mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, the same thing might happen again this black and white like you're on thin ice yeah what is right is right what is wrong is wrong there's nothing in between mm-hmm. um so yeah i i really went back and forth and i still can kind of see it but just her fervent statements especially mm-hmm. and her not speaking until it's necessary yes. absolutely necessary uh-huh. one might say um, 
I, it just really is. And that idealism, the uh, one, fours, and sevens are the idealists. Yes. And build up these worlds in their minds that if it gets broken, everything is broken. Yeah. So this reason she's not with anyone is because she has this high ideal of her knight on a white horse who is good, who is saving the world. Mm-hmm. And she will not bend on that because it is right. It is true. It is good in her mind. Mm -hmm. And when Bob falls off, she runs immediately because I'm not going to succumb. I'm not going to bend my morals. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to bend my expectations. Yeah. And she doesn't. No. She remains the same throughout. Mm -hmm. I think she sort of learns a lesson there about prejudging and all of that. Yeah. uh, For sure. But... Um, so yeah, I just see that that inner critic mm-hmm. as the reason why she speaks so seldomly. Yeah. Um, and then she does go into kind of a um, almost an eight confrontational way of speaking, mm-hmm. and that comes from that anger triad, that totally. gut space uh, of a one. Yeah. Because you know when Betty is trying to manipulate her into mm-hmm. going and getting sandwiches, she's like. I'll go, but not because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But because you won't sleep until I do. And I'm taking care of you, my little chick. Yeah. Because that extended metaphor never gets old. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And yeah. And even, I guess I won't talk about this too much right now, but the way that Bob interacts with her is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And that what is right is for her to not show her fervent Mm. beliefs or morality all the time. She'll Mm. bend that a little bit, not bend it, but not, not express it Mm -hmm. because of what a woman's role should be. Like she asks questions when they're by the fire and he gives her the blessing song. Yeah. Um, When she didn't care about, the sandwich or the milk. Yeah. But he offers her all of this advice when she knows what she needs or doesn't need. Mm-hmm. I just found that really interesting. Yeah. Um, I think th- that's more tied to patriarchy than anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but as a one who is a female mm-hmm. in 54, yeah. <laughs> um, Still black and white. Still, that's when she talks about her night on the white horse. Yeah. And not bending her idealistic view of what is right. Mm -hmm. But it's in this way that lets him have the upper hand because that is what is expected. Mm. Yeah. It's It's like just I was just thinking about gender roles in 1954 Mm -hmm. as a female one. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what does that look like? And that's also, I think, why, as you brought up earlier, when he is there and she's going to sing Love You Didn't Do Right By Me, oh, that would be offensive to him. Yeah. The song is me calling him out. Mm -hmm. But to do that to him. Yeah. Would be wrong, Mm -hmm. would be manipulative, and I should not do that. Yeah. And so she wants to pull back. Thankfully, they don't let her because he needs to hear that. Definitely. I mean, she was kind of wrong in leaving and it's all false conflict. But I don't know. I just Betty is such a complex, confusing character. Mm -hmm. And I think so much of it is because she speaks so seldom. She lets herself be in the background a little bit. Mm -hmm. She is the caretaker 
but she will be a mama bear mm-hmm. when it comes to Judy, and she sure as hell is. Yeah. Well, and one of the interesting <clears throat> things, too, about sort of the one space is in sort of the way you're talking about, about how she still tries to do what she sees is right within her culture and time to a certain degree, um, is right after the minstrel show number she has been in that one critic space thinking through mm-hmm. is this a little slow right here yeah. but instead of saying hey guys this tempo's not right she sits down and plays it and says hey judy trying not to be critical of judy or of the performers or anything mm-hmm. else but mm-hmm. just living in that something's not right guys mm-hmm. let's fix it let's fix it we've got to fix we it we need to talk about this mm-hmm. and so she you know she plays it out and then um and then the two senses that the two senses that she's feeling like it's wrong and, and he gives wants her to a help solution. And, oh gosh. Yeah. There's a perfect Bob as a two with Judy as a what? Uh-huh. Judy. Betty. Betty as, as a, a one. Because he comes in and plays the song quickly and fun and gets close to her to kind of distract her. Yeah. But also to just be like. With here, that. It does have that driving undertone that he's pointing out, you know? Yeah. So. And just like meeting her where she needs to be met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was an interesting. Uh, I thing saw that to... as condescending initially, but I—it's actually really caring. Yeah, from him, which is yeah, because he just the thing here. Since we're on Betty and we've talked about Bob, the Bob yeah. and Betty interaction drives me crazy. Yes, because he always has a solution mm-hmm. for a problem she has not voiced. Yeah. Um. And he always seems to be like talking down to her, which is a two thing. Mm -hmm. Twos often unhealthy twos meet needs that are not there or meet them in ways that are not welcome. Mm -hmm. Ideas of, you know, a family needing a new vehicle. So they get you the like top of the line SUV that you can't afford the payments and you can't afford the gas. Yeah. But they got you a new car. Isn't that great? Yeah. Or your mailbox is falling over. Let me just replace this without telling you that I'm going to replace this. Yeah. Um, so that just like that feels like Bob space, mm-hmm. like always answering a question that wasn't asked. Definitely. Um, but I think this was actually empathy mm-hmm. and hearing because it just feels initially like what? Hey, Judy, mm-hmm. was this tempo too slow? And then Bob says, yeah, do it more like this. And I'm like, is your name Judy? Yeah. Uh, is that who she was talking but to? But he's like, I have the answer. This is my show. I know what it is. Mm, yeah. And I think there is a little bit of that. Like, he's the producer and that's fair. Mm-hmm. But it just feels so gross to me. Yeah. But I think it might just be like, you're taking this too seriously. Yeah. Here is something fun and I'm going to lean Uh-oh. into you. Another and Christmas movie reference. Yes. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, leaning. Always leaning. Um, But... Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And an interesting space for for ones and twos. Yeah. The male-female dynamic with any of these numbers is always really interesting, too, because Mm -hmm. I think the reason... Maybe this is a conversation for later. Oh, well, I'm saying it anyway. Yeah. The reason Bob has such a strong three wing mm-hmm. is because men are expected to be threes or eights. Yeah. That business or oriented. Fives, but yeah. Well, yeah, but just meaning like that business, getting stuff done, being successful, mm-hmm. speaking. Yes. <laughs> while women are to be passive caretakers, mm-hmm. which Betty inhabits that I think 
you know, one with a two wing, mm-hmm. a pretty strong two wing mm-hmm. and sometimes nine, but I think more often two. Yeah. Um, so there's that crossover space, but because women are supposed to be twos mm-hmm. are supposed to act like twos that they're inhabiting that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really interesting social gender dynamic. Definitely. Um, that impacts number, but also is outside of personality. Yeah. Right. So what is social expectation and what is personality? Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, sorry. All sorts of interesting. You're welcome thoughts. for all of my feminist thoughts about White Christmas. There we go. All right. So since we haven't gotten to our last character, Becky, take it away on Judy. Okay. This will be quick because uh, Judy's just... The threeest three that ever threed. Seriously, though. But, okay, so continuing the conversation I was just having, Mm -hmm. right, men are meant to be taking care of business, wheeling and dealing, doing all this stuff, and that is who Judy is. Yes. One of... So the first thing we hear her do mm-hmm. is write that letter from her brother. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite. Yeah. So I'm going to share two things. Okay. Um, one of my favorite three moments that just is shiningly three is as they're sitting on the table, Judy looks around and she goes, well, I, for one, would like a little free advice. Mr. Wallace, do you have any suggestions for the act? There must be something. Should we both be blondes? Mm-hmm. And so she's like throwing out her ideas. But like, while I have these successful showbiz folk here that I brought here under, as her sister said, false oh. pretenses, uh-huh. I am going to get some free advice. And she states it outright. Oh, totally. Which is great. Yeah. She's but, just there for uh-huh. it. And she's like, I am a businesswoman mm-hmm. and I am doing business yeah. and you will respect me and you will give this to me. Mm-hmm. And and it's very much she is so utilitarian. Yes. The um she gets so frustrated when Phil tries to like just have fun yeah. too. She's like no, we are about business. Yeah. And so um I think there's a line before that where <laughs> she and Betty are getting ready mm-hmm. and she goes, "Oh Betty, th- he'll think you're beautiful." She goes, "Oh, which one?" She's like, "Does it matter? They're both famous." Yeah. It's like <laughs> Okay, there is people as utility. Yes. Like, it does not matter who they are. Mm -mm. It's what they can get you. Mm -hmm. And then to just nail that coffin. Yeah. um, She, as they're leaving, as Phil and Bob give them the train tickets and they are running out, she says, you'll put yourself in an awful jam. Why would you? What's in it for you? And it's similar to the way... Bob is offering up all of himself mm-hmm. to Phil when Phil sacrifices himself. Yeah. She, a three, cannot understand why anyone would love them other from what they can do for you, what they can give you. Yeah. So it's this idea that, like, why would you do this? What are you getting out of this? It's mm-hmm. like, that's the wrong question. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we're friends and we'll see you again, like, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's just that, like, she's completely befuddled. Yeah. Because she doesn't understand why anyone would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I'll say uh, with Judy. Similar to Betty, I just, I noticed Judy more than Betty says very little. Yeah. Like she, she's not in a lot of scenes. Mm -hmm. It's really the beginning that she gets the most talk. And I was like, okay, 
aside from the Bechdel test, mm-hmm. um, why is that? What's happening? When mm-hmm. do we see her? Yeah. And it's always dancing. Yeah. It's always at rehearsal. It's always she is taking this show, her showbiz, her career mm-hmm. so seriously that when we see her she is always rehearsing because she needs to be the best dancer yes and those toe moves show you that she She sure is oh goodness she is um and so it's like oh it's not that she's not speaking because she's a female Mm -hmm. and not allowed to it's that she is so focused it's only when people distract her Mm -hmm. from the work that she notices what's going on around her because it's like i need to be a success Um, Mm -hmm. And in order to be a success, I need my sister to stop like telling the truth around me because I need to spin my tails and she keeps defending things and Uh like getting in my way. So we need to get her married off so she will fly the coop so I can so I can shine and be the best. Yeah, because together they're great. It's not that she doesn't love her sister and Mm want to perform with her. It's just she could be so much bigger. Yeah. You know, Um, and so just every moment. um. Okay, I'll save my last thought for the after conversation, okay. but I have more uh, male-female things to discuss with Judy, especially. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, Judy is such a three. Um, again, just because it's fun and I feel like it fits so well that uh, Enneagram Institute description is for the three is the success-oriented pragmatic type, <laughs> adaptive, excelling, driven and image conscious Mm. which i Mm -hmm. i didn't write it down but that line about um i did have the i'd like a little free advice but Mm -hmm. she asks specifically about their image as well Mm -hmm. it's all about their image oh totally they're women yeah um but it's not just about the performance it's how they are perceived Mm -hmm. um in the free advice she's asking for um, the only the only line I did get that you didn't already say, Sorry. that's all right, is when she is defending the reason for writing to Benny. Mm. And it's, well, because it's good business. Mm. You can't leave everything to fate. Just like honesty needs a little plus, fate needs a little push. And that grates on Betty, the one, so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is totally a threes MO. Mm-hmm. That's just this. You move forward. You become the best by cutting those corners, by mm-hmm. push, pushing and plussing yeah. right into the spot you want to be. Um, pragmatic. And, yes. So pragmatic. From, yeah, it's she is driven to become that star. So mm-hmm. she knows these big producers are in town. She invites them to the show. She finds the angle she mm-hmm. can use to get them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's her brother. So what? He might have heard about it in Alaska, even though he was stationed there. Uh-huh. And it's just, oh gosh, she is just such a three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, there's so much with with Judy and Betty and with Judy and Phil yeah. that's fascinating to watch. But um, I think I'll leave it there and we can, since we've already sort of been doing our general Enneagram yeah. and uh, and the story convo, we can keep going. Uh, I just want to say one more thing. Well, a lot of what I have to say about the after part is about Judy anyway. Yeah. Um, but what, what really struck me, I didn't talk about this, but you brought it up, is that plussing and pushing. Mm-hmm. That pragmatic element, but the true perspective of a three, like, what is honesty? Mm -hmm. 
Because it's not that they're being dishonest. Mm -mm. It's that they're framing things in such a way to get what they want. Because like to a one that grates, to me a four, Mm -hmm. the idea of plussing honesty, adding to a story of being mm-hmm. honest. I am all about art. I am all about building a story. Mm-hmm. But you know it's art. You know it's a story. Yeah. This concept, like, just how pragmatic that is. Mm-hmm. Just like, and it's like that everyone understands, just like honesty needs a little plus. Mm-hmm. And whereas, and I mean, some of that is also like a stab at her sister. Yeah. Because her sister's always honest to a fault and mm-hmm. undermining her. So it's like, just like honesty needs a plus. I have to clean up your messes, sister. Yeah. Um, fate needs a push. Mm-hmm. So this idea of like, you take control of your own fate. Captain your own fate. Exactly. And that's such, I mean, that's why I think America is a three. Yeah. You know, that idea, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, take control of mm-hmm. your life. It's not going to happen on its own. Give me some free advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's move on to just our general Enneagram reflections uh-huh. as we've talked about this. Uh, did anything really sit with you? Um, I think with this, gosh, this is a film that I have watched every year at Christmas mm-hmm. for years. And I think the thing that surprised me the most and this is going to sound weird because it's so obvious, is Bob as a two. Mm, really? I, yeah. I think going into it, I didn't do... So with many of our previous stories, I've sort of done just a first pass thinking through the characters and go- yeah. going like, well, off the top of my head from what I remember, this person's a this number, this person's a this type. Um, with this one, I didn't do it as much, but sort of overall, I figured they'd be in the three, seven sort of space the performer mm. the which gregarious, yeah. the, i mean this is the musical that you can get non-musical watchers to watch because the musical numbers are because they're performers mm-hmm. you know it's one of those interesting shows i was also worried because in the last few years i've gotten more i've all the joy of being a nine is i have always been super frustrated by the false conflict in this just always False conflict is always frustrating, though. Yeah. And just to clarify, when we say a false conflict, what we mean is um, Betty gets upset because she gets misinformation about what Bob and Phil are doing for the general. And instead of asking questions to find out what's actually happening, she reads different things that are said to her as just um, proof of what she was told and so she doesn't ask questions she doesn't talk about it she just leaves and so the conflict in the film is based simply on not talking yeah false conflict the official definition is a conflict that can be solved by characters talking to one another Mm -hmm. it's not deep conflict it's not rooted conflict Mm -hmm. it's just like hijinks essentially Uh it's just miscommunication and so I was I was a little afraid going into this that um, studying it in even more depth than we have before, um, which we have studied it in depth before. Accurate. We definitely have. But um, but not through the Enneagram. Not through the Enneagram. And this time I was a little afraid of looking at that. But I think, honestly, a lot of that is 
how I was able to determine Betty's type too was looking at what space would that come from. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I see a little bit of the nine wing Mm -hmm. in her too is because of even though she does get into conflict, she's afraid of like having it completely confirmed. And so instead of asking, she leaves. Mm. Yeah. And like, I think I referred to this earlier, but when she goes to get the sandwiches, Mm -hmm. it's when a nine blows up. Because they mm. don't want to do the thing, but they know that if they don't do the thing, they'll just sit there feeling the conflict coming from the other person. Uh-huh. And rather than feel the conflict, if I go, it avoids conflict, even though I'm putting myself out. So I'm just going to do this. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Totally. Um. Oh, yeah. But sorry. Back to uh, Bob as a two. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of figured he'd be a three just because based on some of the things we've already talked about just about gender roles mm-hmm. and things like that but well he's very businessy he is he is very businessy he is mr yeah. producer yeah and so i think when i saw the two-ishness it surprised me but then i couldn't unsee it, it mm. it's literally everywhere he is a two mm-hmm. and so that was that was exciting and unexpected mm-hmm. yeah Similar to that for me with this was Judy as a three. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do a first pass. Yeah. Um, and I stereotypically mm-hmm. <laughs> made Judy a two slash four. Oh, yeah. Uh, I assumed four mm-hmm. because of all of the dancing and the, the yes. Yeah. <laughs> the like looking for love and like all the things. Um. But then, like, she just shone so immediately. And I was like, oh, no, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, And I think the thing that I, like, uh, as you said, we have studied this in depth before. Mm -hmm. Um, And watching the whole thing this time so closely while looking at the words (laughs) to find support, you know, I was sort of forced into a Bechdel test Mm -hmm. moment of seeing how much screen time women get versus men. Because in this, in my mind and in the film, you know, there are four main characters, um, four named main characters who are essential. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as I was watching, as I was looking at my notes fill up, the men go four pages down in quotations and the women are two. Totally. Judy much less. And I've already talked about why I think that is tied to character, tied to personality. Um, But I was just thinking a lot about that and about those gender role aspects that play into their type and Mm -hmm. into what they're doing. Um, And the thing that I love so much about Judy as a three, Mm -hmm. um, not unlike Bob as a two, but even more so, is that she is inhabiting so much male space, Mm -hmm. which I think is why she's so performative. Yeah. She is performing gender like a champ. Yeah. You know, she is reframing everything. She's being demure. She's being over the top and amazing and beautiful with her outfits. Mm-hmm. Mind you, of course, that's a costume designer, but we're not playing that way. We're following the story. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she is really showing it. And as she is using that three motivator space with Phil, mm-hmm. she is inhabiting both feminine and masculine space. And yeah. I love it. Right. So much because she... 
she is like, oh, well, I don't know. Who who could there be? You know, if I was to fake an engagement, it would have to be someone witty, someone gay, someone lovely, and obviously, you know, engaging in a man about town and all this uh-huh. stuff. Who could that be? Um, and then when he's not catching on as she's being demure, she's like, don't be so modest. Yeah. You know, that's not how she says it, but, <laughs> but it's, it's like, still come on, buddy. Catch get on with the here. program. Yeah. But then, as we talked about earlier, as Phil is, like, running away, mm-hmm. she is being aggressively sexual with him yeah in a way that only men were supposed to do her hand is so far up his thigh that it is intense intense and i just think so fantastic Uh like um not that i think anyone should be a sexual predator no no of course not in that moment like she is he is the passive one she is the active one Mm mm-hmm in his bubble yeah and that is so often an experience every day women experience oh, totally and i love that she is turning that on its head i will not be put into a box mm-hmm. i will not be forced to be this thing and that is why i have become a three yeah because she can change her personality her mm-hmm. image with every moment and she will be bold and mm-hmm. she will speak up And I just love that. And I think it's tied to the time. It's tied to saying, I will be a success. No one Mm -hmm. will hold me back. Well, and even in that space, she reframes the situation by saying I'm not the sort of woman who would go throwing herself at a man. I know. She well, she says you don't think you don't think to be passive Mm -hmm. as a woman is supposed to be as she is being aggressive she's like you don't think i'm the kind of woman that would throw herself at a man do you yeah and it's like how how, i dare you to say i am how how dare you slut shame me right now exactly yeah in that in that reframing space too to be like this is our idea Mm -hmm. we are doing this even though you're running from me yeah and that's a three things totally yeah i actually you thought of this Exactly. I yeah. didn't force you into this. You thought of no, this. this. is this is the thing that you wanted to do. But I mean, this we, is also, we wanted to do it. Give me my credit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, because of some of her forth, forcefulness in the three space, I questioned eightness for a mm-hmm. little bit. Just me because too. there is so much power coming from, quote unquote, little Judy. Mm-hmm. She's just not combative. Yeah. Um, I did the same thing. I was like, okay, so I think that she, I mean, from moment one, I knew she was a three, but Mm. I had that moment because I was like, well, she's clearly inhabiting male space. Mm -hmm. So what are the numbers that are traditionally tied to men Mm. as opposed to women? Well, that's three or eight, Yeah, you know, but because she can image chameleon shift, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, she's a three. (laughs) Well, and the interesting thing too is like for me, I came She's at so it intense, from though. that she has that intensity. She has that drive. She tells it like it is and she pluses it. Um, <laughs> but she, for me, the reason I backed off from looking at eight was because even though she chafes at being chick to Betty's mother hen, mm-hmm. she still allows it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's not she's not fighting being fighting controlled. being controlled in that way. She still yeah. doesn't like being controlled, but she's not fighting it the way an eight would. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, she is not controlled. No. <laughs> she refuses goodness, no. to be controlled and she pushes back. But again, she manipulates that. Yeah. Because it's still using the language of Betty mm-hmm. and saying, it's okay. I love you for it. And mm-hmm. like going into that nurture. Yes. With Betty she and then going calling... into the excitement. Yeah. And the complimenting mm-hmm. and the exaggerating with Phil. Yeah. And then business minded with Bob. Mm-hmm. Give me free advice yeah and you know every moment it is that threes Chameleon go into space. a yeah. different personality that is a part of who they are mm-hmm. but a different part of their personality in every room yeah uh yeah no i love i love judy oh yeah um even more so now just that image of that hand on his thigh oh, gosh, yeah. i was like whoa there girly <laughs> yeah awesome but also maybe back off a back little because he's scared yeah real scared <laughs> he, he does not like this commitment thing no. <laughs> and you're being real aggressive mm-hmm. you're demanding a kiss like as you're in his bubble yeah like, please don't do that mm-hmm. um but but as a way of pointing it out right like yeah. you notice it because men are supposed to do that yeah um also just because just in case anyone who's listening doesn't know what the Bechdel test is a quick definition is that it's a measure of representation of women in fiction it asks whether a work of feature a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man and often also requires that they both have names (laughs) yes yeah that is step one but yeah it's it's seeing how much screen time men versus women have and not just screen time but identities Mm -hmm. and if when two women are on the screen alone they're only talking about the men yeah it fails because it's still they are passive it's they are there to support the male story yeah versus having agency of their own and i think overall this film does it does a fairly impressive job. Mm-hmm. It does not quite pass. Yeah, but it but passes with flying colors compared to Star Wars. For, right, precisely. Uh, and for, and I always hate it when people say things like this, but for films of its time, mm-hmm. noir aside, talk about that soon. Yeah. Because uh, noir often passes mm-hmm. and or is purposefully not passing yeah to show you um but they were pretty revolutionary for the time but like this film with c comments about judy and bob yeah <laughs> um i think does a really good job of looking gender issues in the eye mm-hmm. and calling them out definitely as well as this is just a complete aside but one of my favorite things in this movie Mm -hmm. not just because it's silly but because it's making a comment on the trope of movie musicals yeah is sisters when um bob and phil Mm -hmm. sing lip sing the recording of rosemary clooney and rosemary clooney Mm -hmm. um (laughs) singing that song like showing like yes we are lip singing we are always lip singing it doesn't mean it's not good yeah (laughs) and i love that it's beautiful yeah it's so satiric. And everyone, watch this. Yeah. It's holiday time. It's Christmas time. This is what happens at Christmas. And if you haven't seen it before. Oh, my goodness. Watch it now. It is available on streaming services. It is. All right. So let's. Um, yeah. I just say keep a lookout on your podcast feed because we have special announcements coming soon about season two. I am 
So excited. Mm-hmm. It's elementary, my dear Nella. Oh, a mystery, is it? <laughs> Indubitably, a mystery or two that we will be detecting. So stay tuned for our mysterious season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, my dear friends, we'd like to thank Matthew Ziganis for the use of his music. Check out his songs on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and any other music streaming or purchasing place. And thank you so much to our fantabulous technology wizard, Joel Miller. Just a side note and that we forgot to throw in, um, Matthew Ziganis is currently recording a new album. Oh, that's true. So be on the lookout for that, too, with his uh, new music coming out. Um, and as always, we'd like to thank you, dear listener, and find us on the social meds. Yeah. Meaning Twitter at type this cast, Instagram at type this cast, and email us your thoughts at type this cast at gmail.com. And to clarify, it's T Y P E T H. I skipped a letter. T Y P E. No, I didn't. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, well, you're getting it several times. Here you go. T-Y-P-E-T-H-I-S-C-A-S-T. Type this cast. And continue the conversation with us in all of those places. Also, be looking, uh, be on the lookout for your chance to type this particular cast with us with our white Christmas poll that'll be coming out soon. And if you like what you're hearing, please, please go rate us and review Type This Cast on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts and let us know what you think, any suggestions you have. And once again, do share with us there what stories, what books, what characters you would like us to discuss because we are always looking for your input so that we can make this the best it can be. Mm-hmm. And as we said at the beginning, we'll say it again. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, dear listeners. And until next year, in the ineffable words of our dear Neil Gaiman, trust dreams, trust your heart, and trust your story. Trust your heart.